Turn with me to John chapter 21, verse 1. Mount St. Helens erupted a number of years ago. 500 million pounds of ash was expelled from that volcano. 186 miles of roads were destroyed. Uh, 200 homes were destroyed. The power of that volcano was an incredible power. But I want you to know that Jesus' power is greater. And it's a constructive power. And because Jesus is alive, he is still at work today. Uh, You and I need his power in our life. And this scripture we're going to talk about this morning talks about Jesus helping the disciples to understand that he is not finished working. Uh, They were a little disoriented by what had happened with the crucifixion, and uh, they were all disillusioned, and then they see Jesus risen. And now Jesus is appearing to them for a third time. And in this third appearance, Jesus is reminding them of some things that he's done in the past, such as the feeding of the 5,000, some of the terminology that he uses He's reminding them of the catch of fish they had at the beginning of their ministry, as the Gospel of Luke records. Uh, He's reminding them that he worked with them then, but he is still working with them presently in their lives. Jesus is still at work today. And we need to trust him to work through us and to work on our behalf as we live our lives. Uh, the time of message is Jesus' continuing work. Look with me at verse 1 of John chapter 21. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called twin, Nathaniel from Cana of Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples were together. I'm going fishing, Simon Peter said to them. We're coming with you, they told him. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When daybreak came, Jesus stood on the shore. However, the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Men, Jesus called them. You don't have any fish, do you? No, they answered. Cast the net on the right side of the boat, he told them, and you'll find some. So they did, and they were unable to haul it in because of the large number of fish. Therefore the disciples, the one Jesus loved, said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tied his outer garment around him, for he was stripped and plunged into the sea. But since they were not far from land, about a hundred yards away, the other disciple came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish lying on it and bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus told them. So Simon Peter got up and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Come and have breakfast, Jesus told them. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and he did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? 
Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he told them. Second time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told him. He asked him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. I assure you, when you were young, you would tie your belt and walk whatever way you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will tie you and carry you where you don't want to go. He said this to signify by what kind of death he would glorify God. After saying this, he told him, follow me. So Peter turned and saw the disciple Jesus loved following them. That disciple was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and asked, Lord, who is the one that's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? If I want him to remain until I come, Jesus answered, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. So this report spread to the brothers that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not tell him that he would not die, but that if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose not even the world itself could contain the books that would be written. Jesus continuing work. What is Jesus doing today? Well, we need to trust that Jesus is still providing. Jesus is still providing. The disciples have a frustrating night of fishing. I don't have the patience to fish all night without catching anything. If I fish two hours and I haven't caught anything, I'm going to the house. They had fished all night long, and they hadn't even caught a chub. I mean, they had caught nothing. Jesus says, cast your net on the other side of the boat and you'll catch fish. Now, if you're a fisherman and, you know, and you've had a frustrating time, you probably don't want somebody giving you advice about how to fish, right? But they did. They cast their net on the other side of the boat. And all of a sudden, whoom! I had that experience one time. I was fishing for crappie and I snagged a carp, a big carp. He's about that big. Whoom, that little ultralight pole went like that. But they, they felt the fish hit. And they couldn't even bring them into the boat. There were so, so many of them, they were struggling even to get it up. And John says, it's the Lord. And Peter pulls around his outer garment so he'd be dressed and it goes across, it swims across to meet Jesus, and he sees charcoal fire. Where had he seen a charcoal fire? In the temple courtyard where he denied Jesus. Jesus has a charcoal fire. Listen, I want to tell you, Jesus knew what kind of fire was there. And he prepared it for Peter, to remind Peter. But Peter... Um, is reminded of that, but they're also reminded of Jesus' provision through the fish. 
Peter gets there and he sees that there's already a fish that's cooking. And there's some bread that's there. Jesus is reminding them. The word, by the way, the word that's used in verse 9 for fish is only used one other place in the whole Gospel of John. And it's in the story of the feeding of the 5,000. Five loaves, two fish. Same word. Jesus is saying, look, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to provide what you need. Have you ever felt like a failure before? I think Peter felt like a failure. He had bragged to everybody, if all the rest of them deny you, I won't deny you, Lord. What did he do? Not only did he deny him, he denied him three times. And the last time, he denied him with some colorful language. He had failed. The Jesus who had laid down his life for him, Peter would not own with his words. So he said, let's go fishing. You ever feel like that? Hey, Lord, I've just blown it so bad, I just need to to go back to what I was doing before. I just, just need to give up. What is Jesus doing here? He's showing Peter, I will provide your need. Trust that I can meet the needs of your heart, emotionally, spiritually, physically. I can take care of you. I can work through your life. I can provide what you need and what the people that you're going to be ministering to will need. Trust me, Peter, to provide. You need to know that God will provide for you. Um, It's interesting... uh, Sometimes the the smallest little prayers that you pray and and God answers. And um, I remember uh, this past week I had asked God for something. And in the last Tuesday, God answered that prayer in multiple different ways throughout the day. And I I, I just was amazed. Lord, thank you for answering my prayer. I want to tell you something. God still provides. He still answers prayer. Like Philip was saying, he still answers prayer. He provides. Ask him for what you need. Not just for your personal life and the food that you need, the clothes that you wear and things like that. But ask him for what you need spiritually. Ask him for what you need to minister for him. If God has laid upon a ministry upon your heart, trust him that he can supply what you need. I remember... I've, I've told you this story. I got up and preached my first message. I was 15 years old. They'd asked me to preach for Youth Sunday. I got one of my dad's outlines out, and I spoke for five minutes, and I couldn't think of another thing to say. I was embarrassed. And I remember thinking, after I went down, I will never do that again. Guess what? God called me to preach. And guess what? He supplied what I needed to preach for him. Some of you probably wish he'd supplied a little less, right? But uh, he supplied it. I want you to know, he will provide what you need. Jesus is still providing. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the scripture says. I want you to know, yesterday Jesus provided. Today Jesus will provide. Tomorrow Jesus will provide. Someday if I'm old and gray and I don't have the strength to stand, Jesus will still provide. That's the kind of God that he is. 
So you want to know what Jesus' continuing work is? Well, one thing is Jesus is still providing. Secondly, Jesus is still calling. He's still calling. Look at verse 15. When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he told him. Second time, he asked Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told him. He asked him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He was grieved that he asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. Jesus is still calling. Aren't you glad that God can use imperfect people? Peter had failed. He was the leader of the twelve. You know that. You know, he says, I'm going fishing. All the rest of them said, we're going too. <laughs> Where, whatever Peter did, the rest of them followed. But Peter felt like, you know, I failed. I'm not worthy to serve God. Can I tell you something? You'll never be worthy to serve God. But God in his grace will use you if you'll let him. He's still calling. He's still calling. And in times where we're not where we need to be, he's still calling. In times where we've failed, he's still calling. In times where we're burnt out, he's still calling. In times where we're discouraged, he's still calling. I want you to know that no matter what this life may bring, Jesus is not finished with you and he's not finished with me. He still has a purpose for us. He is still calling us to fulfill the role that he's given us. Peter had a choice. Feed my sheep. Shepherd my sheep. Feed my lambs. Would he do it? Would he be obedient? Well, thankfully he was. And we read the story of the book of Acts at Pentecost. Peter preaches a message and thousands of people are saved. It continues to happen throughout the book of Acts. Listen, I want you to know Peter had the power of God descend on his life and and Jesus empowered him for his calling and he fulfilled the calling that Jesus had made upon his life. Now, people are called to different things. Moses was called to deliver the Israelites from Egypt. Joshua was called to lead the Israelites into the promised land. Samuel was called to to bring the people back to a faith in God after the dark times of the judges. Isaiah was called to say, hey, there is sin in the camp. He was called to point out that sin and to point them to the hope that there would come later a Messiah, Jesus Christ, who'd bring salvation to the world, and they were to trust him. Jesus was called to lay his life down for us as a substitute. The Bible says that all of us are given different gifts in the body of Christ. Your gift won't be the same as mine. Uh, We may have different gifts, but God will use us in the roles that he's called us to fulfill. And so the response that we need to have when God lays something upon our hearts is to say yes. And then as we serve God to see what God blesses and to see where God is working and try to join him with that and, and fit into that niche that God has made for us to fit in and to serve him.
He's calling for you to serve. Uh, Paul said this. He said, there's not many mighty, not many noble, not many wise, according to the standards of this world, but that God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Your sense of inability causes you to recognize your need for God's strength. And guess what? His strength is is better than our strength. And his strength is more powerful than our weakness. Relying on God's strength enables a person to walk by faith and not by sight. And when you walk by faith, God can do a work in your life. So God is calling you. Never forget that. God is not finished with you. God saw every failure you would ever have before you were born. The Bible says while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. That means God knew we were going to sin. He knew every sin that every human being that would ever live would make. Every sin that would happen, God knew. And he said, I'm going to send Jesus to pay the price for all these sins so that people can find my forgiveness and eternal life. Jesus is calling you. Don't think that because you failed God that he can't use you. He's still calling. Jesus continuing work. What is he doing today? Jesus is still providing. Jesus is still calling. Thirdly, Jesus is still guiding. He's still guiding. He tells Peter what he wants Peter to do with his life, but he also tells Peter the way that he's going to die. He says, they will stretch out your hand. You will stretch out your hands. And that was a word that was used of crucifixion. Tradition tells us Peter was crucified upside down. He told his, his, uh, the people that were crucifying him, I'm not worthy to be crucified like Jesus was, so flip the cross around because I'm not good enough to be crucified upright. Jesus had a plan for Peter's life. And he says, follow me. What's Peter do? Same thing many of us do. Well, what about him? What about John, the beloved disciple? <laughs> I love Jesus' answer. What's that to you? You follow me. God has a different plan for each one of us. Your plan will not look like my plan, and my plan will not look like your plan. The job that we have as Christians isn't to try to compare ourselves to others because God didn't make you for their plan anyway. He made you for your plan. Our job as Christians is to follow Jesus. Jesus is still guiding. How does he guide us? Well, he guides us through his word. Uh, There are some things that we know are always right. Worshiping God is always right. Thanking God is always right. Uh, Doing righteousness is always right. The Bible says you should not commit adultery. Committing adultery is always wrong. I don't have to pray about that. I I know that's true. God tells me that in his word. Okay? Sometimes God will use his word. He'll apply his word to a specific thing in your life. So 
God's word originally written for a certain purpose may be applied to your life in a little different way by the Holy Spirit. There'll be times I'm reading in, in the scripture and a certain verse will just kind of jump off the page to me. And I just sense the touch of God upon my heart and I know that that verse is for me. It's like God saying, okay, I'm ministering this specific need in your life, Roger. Uh, I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to convict you. And, and this is what it's about. Uh, sometimes God leads us through his Holy Spirit. There may be a prompting in our heart to share Christ with someone or a prompting uh, to share a word of encouragement or a testimony like we did this morning. Um, I sensed, when I was sitting over there, I sensed we need to, we need to ask for testimonies. I haven't done that in a while in a Sunday morning service. Usually I get blank stares. But uh, I just sensed that I was supposed to do that this morning. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Um, the Scripture tells us Philip, uh, the, in, in, in the, Philip the Evangelist in Scripture, uh, was in the middle of this great revival. And God sent him out to meet one Ethiopian eunuch. In a deserted place. He hears him reading the book of Isaiah. And he happens to be reading about, I believe, probably Isaiah 53. Because Peter, I'm excuse me, Philip gets up and begins to explain the gospel to him based on the scripture he's reading in Isaiah. And the guy says, who's this guy talking about? Philip says, I know who. It's Jesus. And he shares the gospel with him. And the man comes to faith in Jesus, and he's baptized. And that's what the scripture tells us. But tradition tells us that that one man, that Ethiopian eunuch, went back to Ethiopia and founded a church that some believe still exists to this day. Can I tell you something? God knows what he's doing. Follow his direction. Follow his lead. He said, Philip, yes, there's a great revival, but I don't want you to stay. I want you to go. Follow his guidance. Why? Because it can make all the difference. God sees not just what we see in the immediate future. God sees the whole plan. And as you follow his guidance, in small ways, God can do an important work through your life. Jesus is still guiding. Guess what? He says to the disciples, I will not leave you alone. I'm going away, but I'm going to send a comforter to you, the Holy Spirit, who will be with you always. Isn't it wonderful to know that we're not in this thing by ourselves? You don't have to live the Christian life in your own strength. Praise God. Hallelujah twice. You've got the Holy Spirit to help you. You don't have to do your marriage in your own strength. You've got the Holy Spirit to help you. You don't have to witness in your own strength. You've got the Holy Spirit to help you. You don't have to minister in your own strength. You have the Holy Spirit to help you. Jesus is still guiding. He's guiding through the Holy Spirit that he has sent us. Follow him. So Jesus is still providing. Jesus is still calling. Jesus is still guiding. Finally, Jesus is still working. I love this. Look at verse 25. There are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose not even the world itself could contain the books that would be written. In other words, John is saying, look, what I've written, these 21 chapters I've written are selective. 
there's a whole lot of stuff Jesus did. I, I can't even wrap my mind about how many books it would take to record everything that Jesus did. But I've just recorded a few of these things so that you may believe. But if you look in the original text, one of these words is in the present and one of them is in the future. And it's interesting that uh, not only in the tenses, but also in what Jesus is doing. He's reenacting uh, Peter's denial and he says, hey, I'm going to help you through this. I'm going to recommission you. I'm going to be with you. He's also reenacting the feeding of the 5,000. I'm going to supply what you need. I'm still at work. The fish that were caught at the beginning of their ministry, he's doing it again. What is he saying? I am still at work. Can I tell you something? Jesus is still at work. Every other religious leader around the world has gone to the tomb, but Jesus came out of the tomb, and he is at work. He's still changing lives. He's still answering prayer. He's still empowering people for service. He's still, I, I saw, sometimes we think, well, what God did in the book of Acts couldn't possibly happen today. I beg to differ. I was reading this past week. This was in the 20th century, just, just you know, last century. Um, there was a revival in, uh, in the Belgian Congo. In 18 months, there were 180,000 people saved. You think Jesus isn't still working? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's a mighty God, and he is at work. When you don't see what Jesus is doing, trust him. When you don't understand your circumstances, rely on him. Know that he is working. You may not see it. You may not not feel worthy for him to work through your life. But know that he has a plan. Know that he is working. And know that his work will ultimately prevail. I love what he told Peter. He said, on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Did you know ultimately it's not you that builds the church. It's not the pastor or the deacons that builds the church or the Sunday school teachers that builds the church. Jesus builds his church. I will build my church. And the gates of hell can't stop it. So trust that Jesus is still working. He's working in your life. He's working in your family. He's working in this church. He's working despite what may be happening in the news in our country. Don't despair. Lift up your head. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. They had Roman emperors that were putting Christians to death. Jesus was still working. Nero, tradition tells us, put Peter to death. Paul was put to death. The disciples were put to death. You might think the work of God would stop, but it didn't. It continued on. I'm going to tell you something. If Jesus tarries, the work of God will continue long after I'm gone. Till Jesus comes again. Hell can't stop it. Jesus is still working. John, I think this chapter is so important to the Gospel of John. Not only does John tell Jesus' story, the death, burial, and resurrection, his ministry, and all of that, but he closes with a chapter that reminds us 
this gospel is not about some dark, dusty page of history. This chapter is about today. Jesus is still working. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the fact that you are working. That you're still guiding and still providing and Lord, still calling us to service. God, I pray that we would respond by trusting you in obedience. Following you. Relying on you, Lord, when we don't understand. And Father, thank you that just as you took Peter and a bunch of disciples who failed you.